Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, Steve Hall. Welcome to another episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm Steve Hall, the Executive Director of the Mustang Owners Museum. And as I always tell everybody, we're only a mile away from Charlotte Motor Speedway. So if you're in the area, we certainly hope you come visit us. But tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, it's been a gentleman who, uh, I've, as I've read his bio a bit, he is a Ford guy. He actually, and he also works for Ford. Uh, it's Ted Ryan. He is the, I, well, I guess you call it, he's the Ford Archives and Heritage Brand Manager. Uh, he runs the archive. He's the head guy for the archives. And obviously the information he knows and the information he has at hand is quite extensive. And I'm sure we could do many, many podcasts with him, with each one being different than the others. But tonight we'll just have a couple of subjects to discuss. And so welcome to our podcast, Ted. Thanks for having me on. And I actually love that title, uh, Archives and Heritage Brand Manager. Uh, when I was at Coca-Cola, where I was for 21 years, they called me the director of the archives, which is fine. I mean, that's practically what I do. But at Ford, they treat heritage like a brand. So it's a brand every much as every bit as much as Mustang or T-Bird or Continental or uh, Bronco. They're, you know, they're all brands. So heritage is a brand at Ford. And that was part of what drew me to Ford Motor Company was the fact that uh, A, it had a rich heritage, but then B, I knew that we were going to be able to treat it uh, appropriately and and uh, massage the stories out for all these great products and then uh, tell the great brand stories uh, within Ford Motor Company. Well, I, I, I'm not, and I really don't mean to speak for you, but I would think there might also be a C in that uh, your dad was a Ford guy. So you certainly had some Ford background even prior to all of this. And so there had to be a little bit of that, hey, this is Ford. So that I'm, I would have to assume that was a little bit of the pull to uh, to uh, come to Ford. It was, and uh, the uh, Ford Performance ran a story on on me and the work that we do in the archives. And I pulled out this photo of me and my dad washing his uh, yellow Mustang from 1969. It was actually a '66 Mustang, and so I'm all five years old helping dad wash his Mustang. And then uh, uh, dad also has a Model A. He has a 40 Continental. He has a 57 Mark II, and his daily driver is a Lincoln Aviator, and he has one of the new uh, Big Ben Broncos. So uh, he is, oh, and mom has the uh, uh, O2 or 04, I can't remember, T-Bird, that's the yellow one with the, uh, looks like the Bumblebee. So yeah, we're a Ford family and always were. And then I've got a picture of my three sons and I leaning up against my Mustang. So uh, uh, when Ford called, it was an easy call to take that day. Oh, well, that's, as you say, that's probably for you, for many people and hopefully I'm sure maybe yourself, but that's kind of what they say, that's the dream job. You know, sometimes when you get to have all those pieces to come together that are of interest to you, you have to look and say, well, this is that, that this is that kind of a job. This is the dream job. Uh, and so that's that's the cool part too. I I would have to assume. The only bad thing is that the, what came with it was moving to Michigan because <laughs> I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. My entire life I lived in the South. My daughter went to school in Charlotte. She went to Queens University in Charlotte, so I've been there 
a dozen, a hundred times. And uh, but to move up here where it's cold and it snows a lot was a little bit different. But no, it, it's a dream job. And I've always been been fortunate. I've always felt like I had the dream job. Uh, now at Ford, before that at Coca-Cola, before that I helped build the Braves Museum at Turner Field. And before that I built Bobby Jones exhibits at East Lake and Augusta National. So uh, uh, my entire professional career has been spent uh, talking about 20th century icons, Bobby Jones, Atlanta Braves, Coca-Cola, and now the Ford Motor Company. So uh, I, I feel extremely fortunate. Now I'll have to think about that in February where there, when there's a foot of snow on the ground uh, in Gross Point where I live. Well, I, I was about to say that when I was talking about being about to be in the dream job, but I didn't want to go that because I didn't want to sit tarnish or say anything, you know, you know, bad about the area, but I, I I know when I've done events with Ford, uh, we as for the uh, April the uh, I'm sorry for the April 17th, it was always that's always you know when they put on the bigger events for to celebrate Mustang, uh, the 50th. I was one of the two directors that put the 50th event together, and right off the bat, as they do every every five years when this event comes on, the guys at Ford say, "Don't hold it here. You can hold it wherever, but don't hold it here." And that particular My week, 2014. It's that week of April seventeenth uh, in Detroit. It snowed. Yes. And so yeah. So even though it's April, and of course down here April is gorgeous. Usually, it's beautiful down here. The you know the the the, the, the trees and the flowers, everything is starting to come together. And up there, no, nope, here comes the snow. And so it's uh, that uh, that was actually this is that was actually the same storm that came down and hit us for rain on that Saturday of the event itself. So. Uh, they uh, they they're well well aware of that. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Detroit's not the best area in, in April and earlier to uh, to hold an event. So that's what made me think of that when I was saying that. But uh, you, you're the one that said, but you know, the weather is there. It, it is tough. It is a tough piece. Well, um, I feel I feel connected to the Mustang because my birthday is April 18th, 1964. So I'm exactly one day younger than the Mustang, which was entered on April 17th and 64th, the World's Fair. So uh, I've always felt the, you know, uh, that sort of symbiotic. It's it's my slightly older brother. Uh, and uh, we, we've gone to the passages of time. But no, it snowed this year on, on my birthday. So it would have been snowing again this year. So uh, whenever they plan Mustang drives on the 17th, it's always with the hope and a prayer that we're going to get a clear day. Last year was beautiful. Last year I was driving a Mach 1, and we did the to Hell and Back drive. The, there's a city called Hell, Michigan. It's a little bit outside of Ann Arbor, and it's always a fun drive uh, to take a Mustang up there and back. So uh, last year was beautiful. This year, not so much. Well, as you say, it's always a chance. There's always a chance when you get that. Well, in that area, let's just put it this way. When you get up north, the weather is always a factor in the subject so but um let's, let's get if we don't mind get kind of jump back into sure. so what does, what does the what does the what do you guys actually do i mean obviously you have a lot of as you've indicated you have a lot of memorabilia collectible stuff uh how is all that i don't get into details of cataloging and, and such but can you just tell us a little bit about who uses it how it's used what you guys do to, to kind of make this stuff available or who is it, who is it available to? Um, just kind of, you know, some ins and outs so we understand a little bit more about what just uh, the archives can offer. Sure. Let me let me walk you through what we do. So uh, 
I'm the archives heritage brand manager. As I, as I mentioned, I have a team of six people that work with me. Uh, we have a dedicated archival storage space uh, that houses 16,000 cubic feet of material on six miles of shelving. So if you walk into my storage space right now, uh, in fact, if you Google Ted Ryan Bronco or Ted Ryan uh, Lincoln, you'll there's some pictures out there on the internet of our storage space. It's white, it's antiseptic, it's got that movable shelving, uh, six miles of shelving, so it would stretch from uh, Dearborn all the way to downtown Detroit uh, if we put every shelf end to end. Uh, and we store the records, primarily records from 1950 until today in the storage space prior to 1950. The bulk of Ford's records were donated to the Henry Ford Museum. So it's a split collection. The Ford, uh, the Henry Ford Museum uh, is not a part of Ford Motor Company, but we do support it. Uh, as I mentioned, we donated a lot of our vehicles, including bin number one on Mustang and the paper collections. So uh, researchers can write the Benson Ford Research Center to get information on Ford Motor Company, mainly prior to 1955. The other thing that we have and what we're strongest on is we have a photographic collection that has more than 3.5 million photographs. And we store our photographs, our moving image footage, so film footage, 35 and 16, et cetera. Uh, and then our tape collection and three specialty coolers. Uh, the film and negative coolers, we both chill down to about 40 degrees, and about 45% humidity. That's going to help those elements uh, survive for hundreds of years and, and, and last. We have a small but growing 3D collection of materials, things like uh, badges, uh, plates. If you want a Shelby Cobra, I've got a you know, one of the Cobra emblems, uh, oil cans, uh, trying to think of some of the odd things, push carts, uh, pedal mobiles, uh, uh, grills, charcoal, you know, just a little bit of everything that you can think of in a huge die cast model collection. Uh, that collection exists for the Ford Motor Company. We're actually closed to the public. We do help public researchers when they when they find their way to us as much as we can. Uh, but we exist to, to help Ford Motor Company. I work with the Mustang team, the Bronco team, the racing team, the GT team, the F-Series. I mean, we, we help the Explorer and the Edge and the Escape, but not quite as much because those vehicles don't have the same depth or level of, of historical um you know, pride for, for lack of a better word. And then we Ford Motor Company, we maintain the corporate records and the board of director minutes, et cetera, all that kind of material for Ford Motor Company. Um, how we make it available to the public, uh, you and I talked beforehand and I'll, I'll throw it out there and, and then we can expand on it and, and conversationally, but we just launched the FordHeritageVault.com. That's all one word, FordHeritageVault.com. And it's uh, 3,500 brochures and 3,500 or so photographs of nearly every Ford vehicle from 1903 until 2003. We took a swipe at the first 100 years. Although we had one fan very carefully go through and highlight all the brochures that were missing. And uh, so now I'm actively on eBay trying to find some of these. Uh, to add them to our collection and we'll scan them. So they're all searchable by year, brand, uh, by model, by color. Uh, and so if anybody wants to go to FordHeritageVault.com, all of those assets are downloadable. For the Mustang enthusiasts out there, uh, 
it's fantastic. You now have access to, to Mustang brochures uh, from April 17th, 1964, all the way up until last year's uh, Mustang. And you can see the different colors in there. You can see the different specs. You can see all the different elements uh, that were used uh, in selling Mustangs to the general public. So we're very excited about the launch of the vault. I don't know if you've had any time to spend in it, but uh, it was a huge endeavor. It took down a corner of the Ford's internet for three days when we launched it. Uh, but we're excited and we, we've seen a lot of traffic in it. I was going to mention, no, I, and I have been on it uh, for sure. Uh, and I have been on it, like you said, it did it did shut down because I guess there's just that, and that many people just wanted to get in and take a look um, and actually wanted access to it. So obviously it's something that, you know, well, well received. And I imagine it's only gonna, is there, is there talk about other, other areas of information that we put on in the heritage vault than what, other than what you currently have? Yeah, there are. Uh, I'm glad you asked that. And, and I, I've got to tell two funny stories about it going down. So we launched it on June 16th in conjunction with Ford's 119th birthday. We had done a lot of media ahead of time telling uh, the automotive press about it, got rave reviews from Haggerty. Everybody who, who saw it loved it. And then it went down because we actually got about a million simultaneous hits the first day. And it stayed down for three days because we used a third-party vendor uh, to host the site, and they just couldn't handle the traffic. Uh, so I got an email from Jim Farley, uh, our CEO, quoting Haggerty, saying uh, that the Ford Heritage Vault was down because it was, you know, it's like Ted built a site so popular it's taken down the internet. Well, I did, and but then Jim said, "Now fix it." <laughs> and I got one from Edsel saying, "It looks like the, that your site is." Uh, uh, quite the hit. In fact, su such a big hit that you can't keep it running. So it's stable now. Within the first three weeks, we had 1.25 million searches take place in the Heritage Vault. We had more than 400,000 assets downloaded uh, from the Heritage Vault. And we know that we had 100 and uh, something thousand plus unique users getting in looking at that content. So uh, that just shows you how popular it was outside the uh, the initial launch. What's coming next is I can tease you over the next three quarters. Uh, first is going to be Mercury. We left out the Mercury products. Uh, mainly, we had to get them scanned and digitized, which, which is done now, and I'm hopeful that's going to launch September 1st. And then launching uh, around November 1st will be Ford of England. So I don't know if any of your listeners or fans of the Anglia or the console or any of the Ford of England vehicles, but uh, we just finished scanning 10,000 of those and we're going to select about a thousand of them to add. And then early next year, we're going to add the Ford Times, which was the magazine published yeah. by Ford Motor Company, distributed through our dealers, a complete run of Ford Times from 1947 until uh, 1980. Uh, will go live. And then the biggie will be second quarter of next year will be the concept and clay collection. So uh, nearly every single concept car that Ford ever built uh, and a selection of the clay so that if you want to see Mustangs that never were or the Mach 1s, uh, you know, in clay form or Mustangs in clay form, uh, that should be second quarter of next year. I hate to stretch it out like that, but it you know, it's a lot of work to get these done and get them done right. 
and uh, get them in the system right. And I don't want to make the same mistake of just throwing a bunch of stuff in there and having it go down again. So uh, uh, between now and, and March of next year, you can look for a lot of exciting new content and, and on the Ford Heritage Vault. Gotcha. Uh, you were talking about the second quarter of next year about uh, you know concept and clay. Are are these going to be photos of of these concepts in clay, or is what what kind of what kind of medium are we looking at with with that kind of um, for that for that new section? It'll be uh, photographs. Essentially, what Ford did is at the end of nearly every single day of operation in the styling lab, uh, they took photographs of whatever was being worked on. And we call it the SNEG collection. So internally, my team, oh, the SNEG collection. We have now scanned almost 75,000 of them. I just sent out 11,000 more to be scanned. So we'll be up to uh, 86,000 pretty soon. There's almost 400,000 of them all told. So we've got a ways to go. Uh, but we know the chronological date of the SNEG. So since it was shot chronologically, so what we do is we we know when certain vehicles were being worked on. So the, the what they would do is they would take, I'm looking at a series of design center negs on my desk right now that I was scanning. Um, we know that there might be 23 different shots on August the 11th, 1962 that would have Mustangs in them. Uh, both inside the courtyard and outside the courtyard. Uh, if, I'll paint a mental picture for you. So the Ford Design Lab had this outdoor courtyard because in order to be able to, to, to gauge a, whether a design is good, you have to see it in shadow and artificial light and natural light. So these are full-size clays built on usually wooden structures and, and formed by our fantastic team of clay modelers. And they would take pictures of them inside, then they drag them outside with, with pulleys and cars and take pictures of them outside. What we're going to do is we're going to target the big four. We're going to target Mustang, Bronco, uh, F-Series, uh, GT, and we're going to go through and look to see if we can't identify all the different clay shoots for those vehicles, and, and we'll make those available. And then once we get those done, we'll, we'll dig down to the other vehicles, the Ford Taurus, the, my favorite. I love the Mercury Capri, you know, essentially European design dragged over to the U.S. I had a 77 Mercury Capri Ghia, uh, which uh, was my first car, which, you know, you can call it a U.S. car, but essentially it's a Ford of, of Europe car. Um, yeah. And you know, we're, we're going to target those clays. So it's photographs of clays, both inside and outside. And uh, I think for the Ford enthusiasts out there, it's going to be a, a revelation for them to see a car come to creation, to see how, oh, the Continental is the other one we're going to do. Uh, we're going to focus on the, on the number. Of, so the, the 61 Continental with its famous coach doors, uh, actually started at a design session in January 5th, 1959. So you can actually see the coach doors get added to the car. And I mean, that changed automotive history. Yes, there were coach doors before the Zephyr had it in 36, but that particular car in its convertible form transformed the way that people think about cars. So we think that by making these available to the public, that we're going to, we're going to increase the brand love for, for Ford, but we're simultaneously going to let people discover things that they haven't seen before. And I know as someone who's inquisitive and spent my life in history that I love seeing things I've never seen before. 
And I'm looking forward to the the footprint the next year is going to have with us adding content to the uh, to the Heritage Vault. Uh, well, Ted, I got to be honest with you. You're, you're preaching to the choir. Uh, <laughs> what I mean by that is those kinds of things that you're talking about with the photos of the clay models and the process that goes through. That's one of the things that we're working now in the museum to try to show beyond uh, cars. I mean, obviously, we have beautiful Mustangs here. We have rare Mustangs here. Uh, we've got a nice variety. We have, and we have Shelby's, of course. But the thing I'm, we're really working on, and we started this year as we expanded our building, is looking at how can we show more of what's behind the scenes. Uh, and that's why one of the reasons I contacted uh, Chad, we contacted you and, and, and with Jamie, was we, we're trying to show the enthusiasts because the, the enthusiasts, the Mustang enthusiasts, they are very loyal. They want more. You cannot feed them enough information almost. And, and we, we saw that. We see that now. And so if we're going to have an opportunity to be able to download, let's just say the 64 and a half. Now, I, have, I do have images, photos of when they had the three different design teams put together their version of what a Mustang would look like from the Lincoln group, or the Mustang groups. I have photos of those, I mean, copies of it. Uh, and that's a nice start point. But then be able to take a look at what Gail did and how that car uh, progressed from this point to this point to this point. Because obviously, as you said, these, these photos are dated. And so you can actually kind of visually see some of the changes go by over a course of time. So this is a, this is a phenomenal for, well, for me, just as my interest level, but I think for the enthusiasts to be able just to show the process of how, how this is done a bit. And so for us, I mean, I have to be honest with you, that's why I said you're preaching to the choir. This is what we'd love to have, be able to share. And so this will be a big, I, I know I'll be on there, so I might uh, be taking up some of that bandwidth because I know we're going to want to be able to kind of use some of this to show that story. And we want to share how the designers and how engineers really play a part. And the, I have to be honest with you, the other, the people we've had on from Ford, both retired and current, their passion for the Mustang, and I know I speak to Mustang mostly um, because it is museum for Mustangs. They they share the passion that they want to make sure they do it right. It's so important for them, and, and they feel honored to be part of the Mustang history. And things like this is going to help us share that story. So this is very very cool for us to be quite honest with you. So, and I'm sure the the hobby itself is going to go nuts over this. But uh, this is this is stuff that you know we, you just don't get to see. Yeah, no, and I'm glad that you mentioned Jamie Jamie as well. I know that he's worked with you. Jamie Myler, I've got to give him credit. He's our uh, reference archivist at Ford Motor Company Archives, and he's been with the archives for more than 20 years, and he's forgotten more Mustang than I know. Um, and uh, I think the Mustang community is is lucky that, that he's in the role that he's in uh, because uh, he has a passion for motorsports. He has a passion for Mustang. He has a passion for all of the Ford history, but Mustang is one of the sweet spots that, that he really, really loves. So he's been working with you with on that exhibit to identify some of the design elements that went into the different iterations of the Mustang. And and we're, we're happy to share that. That's one of the main points that we made to management to sell and the idea of the Heritage Vault. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's kind of a big ask to say, give me money and I want to make images available and brochures available free for download 
I, I left that fact out, <laughs> Steve. The, everything is free. You know, Ford's not, we're not trying to make a penny off this. We're not sending you to FordImages.com to, to pay $350 for a download. No, you, it's, it's free. You just do it. Uh, because we wanted to open up the archives in a new and different way and be authentic to, to what Ford is. And we're, uh, what we are is we're, we're a company that's always, uh, particularly with Mustang, particularly with Bronco, particularly with, with Continental, you know, uh, and GT, you know, we know who our customers are and we want to try to make them, uh, we want to enable them to, to get the most out of it. Um, so, you know, that's been one of the guiding philosophies on, on adding content to the site. And yes, we, we want to expose these different clays and these different things that people haven't seen before. The difficulty with clays is identifying them. And, you know, it takes a lot of research. That's why it's second quarter of next year. I thought about building out a site and just crowdsourcing it. I thought about just putting all 70,000 SNEGs I've scanned so far on this site and saying, okay, take your guess at what car this is. It was shot on this date. But then we decided that a free-for-all scrum wasn't going to be the best way because it would, you know, you'd get the same kind of online bickering that you get in forums and whatnot. So I thought, okay, let's more heavily curate it and put out things that we know what they are. And uh, that's why it's going to take a little bit longer and people are going to have to be a little bit more patient but the material will be going online and, and it will be available. The other thing that we've done, and I sent you a link beforehand, I hope you could share it too with, with some of your fans, is that I've begun to release some of the documents uh, around the creation of the automobiles. We actually created a, a, a Mustang Origins document page where we've continued to add as we find more things. I I know one of the ones I shared with you today was the uh, signed blue letter from Lee Iacocca. Any Ford, any Ford correspondence that, that took place at an executive vice president level or higher was printed on blue paper. And yeah, that, that memo I sent you was the memo that authorized the Mustang. And to me, I get chills. When I hold the original in my hand, I get chills. And, and I would think that any Mustang fan out there the the loves Mustang for what it is, which is you know Mustang is freedom to to run the roads and to to you know I'll I'll give philosophical Mustang. I mean, uh, Carol Shelby derisively called it a, a secretary's car. Well, it could be. You know, we sold forty three percent of the Mustang sold the first year. We sold the women. You know, it, it could be. It could be a slight car with a slight engine, but look beautiful. Or you could put a V eight and white walls and and begin to soup it up or wait a year or half a year and get the fast back. You know, Mustang could be anything to anybody at its origin, which is why it sold so well, because there was an entire market. Uh, the baby boomers were coming of age and they wanted a car they could call their own. And they didn't want a Fiat. They didn't want an MG. They wanted an American car that spoke to them. And uh, the Mustang is the one that out of the gate appealed to the American public in a way that that uh, you rarely see with any vehicle launch. It's, it's funny you mentioned about the blue paper and when you had it, it gave you chills. Um, I'm not sure how I came across it, but I have a copy of Lee Iacocca's speech that he gave to the press um, about the, the unveiling of the Mustang, of the Mustang at, at the New York World's Fair. And so you kind of start reading a little bit and you start to realize 
this was spoken by Lee Iacocca to the public. And of course, it's resonated now for at the time when I got this, it was over 50 years ago. But it still gives you that aha moment, so to speak. You know, you, you just kind of feel that that history piece to it. It just makes you like, wow, that's that's interesting. I also have one other piece I wanted to share with you that um, Gail Haldeman did for us. Uh, we got to know Gail during the course of the museum and such. And he, uh, one of my visits with him, he put together uh, on a piece of paper the things that the museum must have. And he and wrote it all out and he gave it to me. And to be honest with you, I had the same feeling then as I had when I, when I was reading Lee Iacocca's speech to the press. And on it, it had a list of the things that we had to have. But for, 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 for someone who designed and you know, hugely involved the development of the Mustang then and in the future years, you realize you really have a piece of history. And I started looking at, and of course, the list he gave me was really quite interesting. You know, he, you know I needed to have, it, and never, nowhere on his list did he say I had to have cars. I, ha I had to have a toilet. <laughs> I had to have a certain other amenities. So it's just funny how he looked, how he looked at it. But yet it was something that, that we treasure because it meant something for him to give that to, and, and it meant to me for him to give it to us. So I understand that sometimes you get that. And I'm sure you probably not only the blue paper with Lee Iacocca uh, with the approval of the Mustang, but other things. You some, I have to assume there's times you just go, oh, my goodness, look at this. This is this is the piece that did that or directed this or connected this and that. So uh, that's that's what that's what we like to. Like I said earlier, we can show cars. We have access to a lot of beautiful Mustangs and Shelbys. But at the same time, it's nice to be able to bring this kind of information. This is the history now. We're talking the history of the car to the to our to, to the visitors and our museum members. So this is going to be very, very good for everybody to now be able to know more about their car. And that also shows how, how open Ford is, how much they, they want to share this with the public and with their Ford. The, the people who blue, who bleed blue Ford blue, but they want to just show that they they're they're opening up that archive as they say. So I think it's awesome. I think you guys are going to get a lot of a lot of kudos for that. Well, well, thank you. It's been a lot of work getting it to this point, and and uh, do keep in mind too that we're a split collection that the, the Benson Ford Research Center is open to the public and. You know they they have some material on Mustang, not a ton, uh, because the way the collection was split. But they actually they have been number one over there uh, on the Mustang, and uh, you know it's a beautiful car. It's tucked away in the corner. I hate the way they display it, but uh, uh, you know it it is a, a beautiful vehicle, and it does speak out to you about Mustang. Um, the other one uh, we I just came across it was I was just in England uh, last month and. Uh, I went to go visit uh, Henry Mann, the son of Alan Mann at Alan Mann Racing, and he has all the original documentation on the Mustangs that ran in the Tour de France in 1964. Uh, oh you know, God. three Mustangs were shipped to to the UK to be prepped for that rally race, and uh, Alan Mann uh, prepped them and and won the class uh, with his Mustang. So. Uh, we're, we're working with Henry and I'm going to get those uh, slide scan and the, the documentation that he has scanned too. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to add it to the vault, but I'll, I'll need to, to work with Henry to get that permission. But it just, to me, it just speaks to, to how crazy Mustang heritage is. And, and, you know, the, around every corner, there's a Mustang story. And if you just sit and listen to Mustang people for a few minutes, you'll get their story, why it appeals to them, what, what they love, you know, 
my poor son in college, he's, he's not graduated, but uh, uh, because of uh, issue with his car, which his daily driver was a Ford hybrid escape at that point, I had to loan him my Mustang for six months. So can you imagine being a college kid in Birmingham, Alabama, being forced to drive around in a uh, uh, Mustang? I, I, I joked with him, life must have been really hard during that time. Yeah, well, my mine, uh, my son, he, he did not know how to drive the manual. So uh, he I had, a, I had a 2010 Shelby. So we went out there and he learned how to drive the manual in a Shelby. And of course, he thought that was the coolest thing ever. And so as soon as he learned it, hey, I need to borrow that car. I need to take that car. Can I drive it over to the grocery? You know, for the little, for those little trips to nowhere, he had to drive the Shelby just because it was the Shelby, you know, and since he knew how to drive it. So I understand it's, 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 it's every, I don't know of many people who's, that either themselves or someone in their family has not had a Mustang and the Mustang stories that go with it. It's just, commonplace i mean it's just amazing you know you, you talk to jim owens and jim owens will remember how he used to with his little babies when they were born they put them in the back seat of that mustang you know it's just it's just and of course even if all the connections with the people at ford so it's always got a connection so it's great it's just it's a, well let's just face it it's one of the best lifestyle brands it's it's freedom it is it's why it's still around this many years which is not you know which is rare itself uh, it's quite rare to see this this a car last this long. Uh, so it's it's and the people are great that are part of the hobby. Uh, that's why car shows you network with them, and get to see them. So do you, do you have a chance to go to some of those shows? I do, but not that many. Uh, mainly, it's the the difficulties of timing. Uh, I'm going to miss you at Woodward Dream Cruise this year because I'm going to be at Pebble Beach uh, for Lincoln. Uh, and that's the other thing too, is that I, a lot of times when I meet the Mustang, uh, enthusiast or the, uh, you know, you're, I, I know a lot about Mustang, but I bet you that the average Mustang person listening to this, that if you put us in a room together, they can get me on engines and styles because I also have to know about continental and Bronco and, you know, all the other things So you have to be the master of many trades and, uh, uh, rather than one, um, so I get to as many uh, auto shows as I can. Uh, the next one I'm actually, I'm, well, I'll be at Pebble Beach, but then the, the next big one after that will be the uh, uh, Detroit auto show. And then the next one after that won't be till next uh, April when I'll try, I'm going to try to get out to LA uh, to the Ford show that that's out there uh, where, where it's all the different products. So I get to as many as I can and I'm a car guy, but honestly, uh, uh, Steve, my wife is a bigger car guy than me. Uh, you know, I, I'll be like, what engine's in this one? And she'll have to remind me. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that's rare to find a, a wife that's actually that. I mean, the wives are sort of supportive and involved, but to know to know those kinds of details, that's that's she, she's she's in deep, as they say. She's in deep. So the, the show you're talking about in April, I'm assuming that's probably the Fabulous Fords. Fabulous Ford, that's it. Yeah, John Kleinert, yeah. who runs that show. I was yeah. I was in L.A. the week before it. I just couldn't justify taking an extra five days in L.A. Uh, to stay uh, or a plane ticket back out. So next year, I've got it on my calendar. I can't wait to get out and see Fabulous Ford. Kleinert's been talking about uh, how amazing a show it is. Well, it's, I, I haven't been out to it for quite a while, but I know it had to go through some changes and move from, from Knott's Berry Farm 
but it sounds like after that move from Knott's Farm, it's given the event some 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 more elbow room and to do some things and a little bit more master of its own event versus having to work with, with Knott's Farm. And so uh, I, I'm hoping that's going to continue because it's a great show. And it's it's, a, it's probably one of the biggest one-day Mustang shows there is uh, that I'm aware of anyway. So that uh, it does quite a job on the West Coast. So it's amazing. Uh, some very, very cool cars. So I'm sure you'll enjoy it. It's, uh, it's I've, got get, I've got to get down to your museum. I'll, I'll make it back down south in the not-too-distant future. I, I thought I was going to be able to to get down there earlier this year and just haven't done it yet, but I, I want to get down and, and, and take a look. And, uh, uh, when I come, uh, you'll know, uh, uh, the, that another Mustang enthusiast is walking in the door. Uh, I will say that the most oddball auto museum I've been at is the Fountainhead museum in Fairbanks, Alaska. I don't know if you've ever been up there. It's, oh, it's, no. but Oh my gosh, what an amazing car museum. Wow, no, I that's actually one of the two states I've never visited yet. Uh, but no, I'm not aware of that. Wow. Well, there, that's the interesting part. I, I know, unfortunately, after COVID, some of the museums out there had to kind of, you know, shut their doors. But those that have made it, there's those that are kind of, you know, expanding. I, I think there's a lot. Of, there's always a lot of interest as long as you kind of keep things fresh and new for uh, for visitors. Uh, that's important. And that's why I said earlier, we're trying to go one step further than just have a great collection of cars. We want to show this is why Mustang is what it is from the Ford view, from the Ford side of, the, of it. Uh, I've had people kind of say it's almost like the, the Wizard of Oz, where you pull the curtain back to see what all's really going on a little bit. And with what you're doing now with the uh, vault, that's certainly what's happening is that Ford is opening up those curtains and saying, oh, here's a little bit of what we do. And that's only going to strengthen the interest. It really is. Um, I, I don't know how else to put it that way. I just know from the from the passion and things we hear, talk to people about, our visitors, they're going to really enjoy this and appreciate what, what's being done. So it's it's well worth it. I can imagine though. I don't. I don't. I cannot imagine how much the expense is. I can imagine it's pretty. It's pretty pretty expensive. So, but I'm, I know it's going to pay dividends. Yeah, it is, and and. Uh uh you know the everything going on around the mustang right now is exciting and and i'll just tease that anybody that's going to be at the detroit auto show is going to get a uh sneak peek i i i can officially say it now because jim farley tweeted it out uh that the all-new mustang is going to be uh uh given a, a a little lift of the curtain uh at the detroit auto show so i can't wait to see it and uh be able to talk about it finally. It's going to be amazing. Oh, no, absolutely. Of course, I would have to imagine this would be the Mustang that would probably get, it's it's going to get a lot, It's how do I want to put this? This is being the seventh generation. And with all of the EV going on now and hybrids, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people wondering, is this, is this the year, is this the generation that will have an electric Mustang? Or a hybrid Mustang, or just what other kind of things with Mustangs? I mean, obviously, let's face it, the Mach E has sold great, incredible. Uh, good friend of ours has one. It's an amazing vehicle, but it's. I think people are starting to understand. There's nothing. There's you know there there are may, people may have some in, some some issues with electric cars, but overall, it's going to be a it's a, the, the car itself and the the performance. What it offers is is, is incredible. I think you know, people are going to start to see, you know, well, 
going to start to wonder about the Mustang and, and look forward to it. Some people are going to look forward to seeing this in, as an electric vehicle down the road. But uh, I understand Bill Ford at one time said, as long as he was a chairman, it'll always, there will always be a gas option. So that ought to keep people happy. Yeah, I'm uh, can't 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 talk to Bill's quote because uh, oh, no. uh, yeah, no, I know when he said that one, but I do I do think that the that the options are going to be there, and and uh, uh, I, I can't say anything about the new one uh, uh, because <laughs> the NDAs of Ford are pretty tight. I'm sure. just going to be excited to be able to begin to share it with the public beginning in Detroit. Is I think. Uh, Everyone is going to be excited uh, in the Mustang community. I know, I know I was. But, Ted, obviously, we need to have you on again down the road. <laughs> uh, there's so much to talk about, so many things out there that are Mustang-related that you're involved with on a daily basis. And the things you get to see and touch and feel that are involved with Mustang is just, you know, that's I'm sure our listeners would love to learn more about. So I really, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to meet up uh, sometime soon. But, um, you know, as we say, I really appreciate you coming out this, this way. My quick question for you is, what's your daily driver? Uh, my daily driver right now is a Bronco Sport, uh, which I love. I wish I had a full Bronco. And my wife's daily driver is uh, Explorer ST 2021. And uh, uh, she likes her she likes her power. And I like the, the, the off-road ability of the Sport. So uh, uh, I, I enjoy both of them. Very good. Well, with that, I want to wrap up and thank you again for joining us. Uh, like you said, I'm sure we'll, we'd love to see you, you know, sometime down the road. Uh, join us again, maybe sometime, you know, later this year after we've opened, after we've seen the seventh generation Mustang and things kind of develop from there. So I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. And I know our, our audience will enjoy. So thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me tonight.